Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. After a little bit of pondering, I've decided to break uh, the podcast into two uh, separate podcasts um, and um, uh, publish them every week, twice a week. Uh, One is going to be based on uh, the title of the podcast, If I Were the Minister for Education, and we'll tackle one uh, different issue in education. And the second one will be based on the news that is happening each week. That usually is the uh, part of the podcast which starts um, each week. I've decided to just put that separate. Um, and that one is called On Shot Education News. Anyway, this podcast is the main podcast, which is If I Were the Minister for Education. And uh, this week's episode will be If I Were the Minister for Education, I Would Scrap Single Sex Schools. One of the most interesting things a school can do is to sign up for an Erasmus project. Um, This is through Lergus, who are uh, based in Ireland, but are part of a European network. My own school has been involved in a number over the last decade, and we've learned so much from other countries and how they do education. For example, we did a project uh, based on music around uh, Europe. Um, It was called um, Thank You for the Music. Boom, boom. Um, And it was not only interesting to learn about each country's musical traditions, but it was also interesting to see the emphasis each country placed on music and education in general. I needn't tell you how Ireland featured, despite how musical our country is, Uh, but it was also interesting to see the responses of other countries in our project to how we in Ireland actually teach music. However, a lot of the learning that goes on in these Erasmus trips isn't actually on the topic that's being studied, but in the general discussions by teachers with teachers when we're having um, our general discussions in the staff room over our cups of tea. Now, it wouldn't be huge news to teachers in Ireland, for example, that in the UK, teachers spend an inordinate amount of time doing ridiculous amounts of paperwork, which means very little to them. Um, and UK teachers find themselves baffled by how relatively little we do in Ireland in terms of paperwork, yet our education system performs just as well, if not a little better. And UK teachers are shocked at the fact that an inspector can't actually shut down a primary school or fire a teacher that is underperforming. And in some ways they find our our culture highly alien, despite how close our systems actually are. Um, and, and it's just interesting how in the last, I suppose, 20 years or so, the, di- the, the direction the UK has gone, um, as opposed to Ireland, where we still have a little bit of trust left in our teachers. I found myself amazed by how much superior Ireland was actually in terms of technology use when I visited countries, particularly in Central and Eastern Europe um, and and actually in uh, Mediterranean countries too. I was also astonished by how their classrooms when I visited them tend to be much more, I suppose what I would perceive to be old fashioned with the teacher at the top of the class and the children seated in front of them them in rows. And conversely, many of the teachers who came to visit us were baffled by how children could actually work in groups and still learn. It's really, really interesting to find out these these cultures. And basically, there are things that we take for granted in our country as totally normal, even if they are completely alien to the majority of the rest of the world. Our education system has been shaped uh, from its beginning in 1831 to one which has highly been been very, very highly influenced by religious orders, possibly even more so than most other westernised countries. 
For example, it's extremely weird to most eyes that the vast majority of schools in Ireland, which is a secular country, are controlled by religious orders. Over 96% of Irish primary schools are controlled by uh, religious orders. Yet most Irish teachers think nothing of it. The re- you know, if you were to ask a teacher about it, they really wouldn't think anything of it. It's, it's totally normal. Um, a local politician uh, visited me in school uh, and he took great joy in telling me um, about a story of when he was out canvassing at the house of a, an Eastern European lady. She happened to be Polish and she was wondering um, to this um, politician about what school should she send her children to uh, because she didn't really understand how it worked. So the politician actually being um, knowledgeable about the um, and, and that's not always a given uh, but he, uh, he was uh, fairly uh, knowledgeable about what was on offer in, in Carlow Town. He knew there was uh, eight or nine primary schools anyway, nine primary schools he said. Seven were Catholic one was Church of Ireland and then one was Educate Together. Naturally um, she asked what what is Educate Together? Um, and the politician said look it's the same as the others except it isn't run by any particular religious group or church. To which She replied, ah, so like normal schools. Another thing we seem to take for granted in Ireland are single sex schools at primary level. 17%, that's one in six of primary school children attend single sex primary schools in Ireland. This percentage is absolutely unheard of outside orthodox countries such as those in the Middle East. In the vast, vast majority of countries around the world, there is no such thing as segregated schools. And even in countries where there are single sex primary schools, the figures are no more than about 2%, 1% to 2% of schools. And in cases like this, this is generally due to religious reasons rather than academic reasons. This is at primary level. Interesting, these almost all tend to be former British colonies, Ireland included. Whatever way we look at it, Ireland is a complete outlier. And the weird thing, and this is again the weird thing, the thing I'm talking about, about not noticing anything, about things being so normal, is nobody seems to notice enough to call it out as bizarre as it actually is. Up until about a year ago, one of the only other things that we had in common with countries that have been affected by the Islamic revolution in the Middle East was that we had blasphemy laws in place in the country. And we actually had a referendum to get rid of it. Nobody was actually even really opposed to scrapping the blasphemy blasphemy law. Even the churches weren't against it. In fact, we all, I suppose we all had a little bit of a chuckle to ourselves about how backwards it made us look. And unsurprisingly, the referendum to scrap the law passed very, very easily. And apart from one senator, I don't think I've heard a peep about how mad it is to have single sex schools, which are, if you look at it, if we are as such an outlier, like the only other countries that would have similar uh, affairs would be the exact these these uh, the countries that still have blasphemy laws isn't it a bit mad single sex schools in ireland are unsurprisingly founded i suppose I, and i don't think it's going to be any surprise to anybody but in uh, a particular religion's obsession with sex and um, we all look back with amusement about those local discos where the local clergy would uh, stand around uh, the parish hall because that's where local discos took place and they would ensure that if a uh, that if a girl and a boy would dance together there was a gap left there between them for what was called the holy spirit and given that up until only a generation ago most people in ireland were genuinely practicing catholic like over 90 percent of people used to go to, to mass every week and that even more than and even more than the 96 percent of schools were run and controlled and often directly taught by members of the clergy 
It is completely unsurprising that our primary education system is still heavily influenced by this, I suppose, Catholic view of sex, which in effect is a lethal combination of abstinence and guilt. Sex is bad. Having sex is bad. Having thoughts about sex is bad. And I guess hearing that all the time is going to get you. The Catholic solution to sex, I guess, was pragmatic. Segregate boys from girls. Keep them away from each other. And in most urban areas, there are single sex schools. I would suggest that in more rural areas where this isn't the case, that's really nothing to do with being more enlightened or more secularized or more modern, but probably more to do with lack of numbers. I imagine there were probably single sex schools uh, in the country uh, if the numbers were there. When I qualified as a teacher, my first job was in an even stranger version of the single sex school. And I have a feeling, while it's a common enough model in Ireland, it is unique across the world. I don't think any other countries have this model. This was a school that was a mixed gender. There was, so it was mixed gender up until first class. So it was co-ed up until first class. And then it became a girls' school. And the boys were sent off to a senior boys' school up the road. Now, back in the day, Catholic children used to make their communions in first class. So once that was done, they were shipped off to the separate school. Now, even though communion seems to have moved to second class, this model, which still exists in many places, still ships the boys out after first class. And this means there's all girls communions and all boys communions in certain towns, which has to look a little bit off. I I think, I mean, look, personally, I think all communions look a bit odd. In fact, I imagine certain countries would look at what has become of communion celebrations in Ireland and be quite ill um, at ease with its vulgarity. However, it's so ingrained in what people seem to now deem our culture that no one actually bats an eyelid about bringing their eight-year-old daughter to a beauty salon for hair and makeup or dressing her in a bridal gown or dressing their boy up as Conor McGregor, shades and all. Or, and they must be, like, people must be baffled at the myriad of advertisements from well-known businesses encouraging parents to get their house communion ready by having special offers on wall paint or decking for the back garden or businesses offering ways their child can spend their communion money. Like one supermarket I noted last year advertised a tablet. This is not even an Irish supermarket. This is a, this is a, I won't even say which one it was because it's so embarrassing. Well, anyway, they advertise the tablet as an ideal communion gift or printing companies with special offers on giant banners for the big day or even more bizarrely weight clinics getting mammies into shape for communion season and clothes shops and hairdressers and nail salons and so on offering mothers special treatments for the special weekend. I mean, seriously. Seriously, it's grotesque. And even more so when you list all these things together, it's even more grotesque. But look, this is totally normal practice for over 90% of families in Ireland. As I am recording this podcast, it is in the middle of this season. It is a a maddening statistic when one considers that not even 90% of people in Ireland actually identify as Catholic. But anyway, back to my first school and taking religion out of the equation because this isn't actually about religion even though it kind of is rooted in it. Um, this was the setup. Mixed, mixed uh, classes up until first class, all girls after that. Communion, I guess, is supposed to be some sort of rite of passage, a coming of age where the child becomes responsible for his or her own sins. Now the urge to cringe as I'm saying that is very high, so hold on. Right, that's better. Now, um, so basically, my, my guess is once you're responsible for your sins, you need 
to rid yourself of temptation I think I, I think there's a prayer the Catholics say that it's the Our Father which asks lead us not into temptation lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil so you're, yeah get us away from it so I guess the best thing one can do in order not to be tempted is to separate you from the thing that's going to tempt you so hey presto you get no sins um, maybe that's look I'm, I'm, I know I'm being tried here but I, I, that's the only thing I can think of there are varieties of single sex schools in Ireland um, there's straight up boys schools and girls schools which is kind of the norm in inverted commas for single sex schools but there are other hangovers from that model above where it isn't uncommon to find vertical girls schools junior boys schools and senior boys schools all as three separate entities three separate schools and you'll find that possibly in bigger uh, towns or towns where there may have been uh, not as many schools um, and uh, there was and they got so big they had to separate um, anyway I think you can guess by now that if I were the Minister for Education I would scrap single sex schools like to be honest I think it would be less controversial than kicking religion out from schools and being perfectly honest it might even be a bit of a cure to the problem of white flight from urban schools I'll come back to that I'd say uh, a bit later I'd imagine if the minister banned single sex schools tomorrow I think he'd be roundly applauded I don't think there'd be too much um too much kickback I did a bit of a straw poll uh, this week uh, before the podcast to see what on shaw.net uh, uh, Facebook followers thought and at the time of recording this podcast uh, there was almost 80 votes which is an okay response given that there was only two options which were pretty much uh, there was no middle ground here uh, the options were yes co-ed all the way and the second option was no single sexes a-okay I like rhyming um, but anyway there was no room for a middle ground there so given that we have to remember that Ireland doesn't really like change I was actually a bit surprised to see that 70% of the votes were in favour of scrapping single sex schools it's actually higher than I thought to be honest with you and even when I dug deeper into the figures um, it was very interesting to see who voted in favour and who voted against um, the, uh, the, the, the idea of uh, single sex schools and if one only looked at gender of voters it's interesting that more females voted in favour of single sex schools as a percentage which is kind of interesting it was nearly 80% uh, sorry it was nearly um, six, uh, 60% who liked uh, single sex of 40% were actually in favour of single sex schools as opposed to 30% if you put everybody uh, in the pot uh, which is um, which is very interesting um, I don't know where to look into that to be honest with you but uh, possibly because um, I think uh, well we'll come to it later about uh, girls and single sex uh, schools particularly secondary schools when I was in my first school um, there actually was a talk of an amalgamation with the boys school and that came up um, and a meeting uh, which um, in, in the 21st century is now known as a consultation uh, anyway <laughs> it was held uh, with the staff and the question was asked to all members of staff whether they were in favour of the amalgamation or not and I remember this meeting really really well it's, even though it's, nearly, it's about nearly 20 years ago I remember one teacher saying that if this was to happen there was no way she would be teaching boys and she kind of said it that way and I remember one teacher, another teacher saying that she went to an all-girls school and it never did her any harm. And then, you know, I mean, and then there was whoops from some of her colleagues after she said it, you know. And um, in any case, it didn't happen, uh, this amalgamation, for over a decade. And when it did, they became two separate vertical mixed schools. They're now two completely separate entities. Um, but are there any, I suppose, are there any advantages to segregating boys and girls in schools? One actually often hears that single sex schools perform better academically. And so could this accident of a fear of sex actually have inadvertently created an unlikely high achieving education system? Well, there's always uh, there's there's been an there is an almost accepted perception out there that at second level anyway, 
girls perform better in second level in single sex schools uh, compared to in mixed schools and international research would suggest that this might be true but before you unenroll your daughters from mixed schools what else has been researched on this very topic well people might not be surprised to hear that girls in single sex schools have higher levels of stress and emotional problems uh, Stella O'Malley, who's a psychotherapist um, who wrote in the, uh, I think it was in the Irish Independent, um, or the Irish Times, um, says, I believe that there's more pressure to perform socially for girls in a single sex school. Although they may do better academically in single sex schools, what they lose on the swings they gain on the roundabouts, as the pressure to perform socially can be too intense for many girls, and so they ultimately end up underperforming in all spheres. It's really interesting. I, I really like that thing. What they what they lose on the swings they gain on the roundabouts. This brings up the argument about what are schools actually for? Now we're not going to go there now, but suffice to say, I would rather have a well-adjusted daughter than uh, someone who is. Um, I guess absolutely no good to anybody um, with 600 points in their leaving cert but riddled with anxiety furthermore uh, the popular notion of girls academically achieving higher in single sex schools is actually not true in the end because I suppose it became a popular a popular sort of um, I suppose a popular kind of um, myth in, uh, or something that, um, that single sex schools do uh, provide um, higher academic but in 2011 a major scientific study across several different countries where there are single sex schools concluded there's actually no evidence suge to suggest that the notion is actually true and worse it concluded that single sex schooling promotes sexual stereotyping and it can make it harder for sexes to get along and in fact, an ESRI report in the 1990s, which was uh, before 2011, obviously, um, also found there is no evidence to suggest that single sex schools had any real advantages either. So two major studies uh, with no um, conclusive evidence. Um, in researching this podcast, I also found it interesting that all the research I could find where it was concluded there was merit to segregating children by sex was e actually either from religious bodies or agencies who were promoting single sex schooling. I didn't check uh, whether those agencies uh, were affiliated with religious bodies. Okay, given that proving things by science and research, um, I suppose, tends not to convince people because, I mean, I know all that science there and, uh, of, of research and everything else um, suggests that this is not true. But I, I, I'm long enough in the tooth to, to realise that um, uh, people tend not to people people tend not to be convinced by this um let's look at another angle as to why single sex schools can be highly problematic and in a word a major major problem for single sex schools is gender imagine being a child in a single sex school and let's say in this example it's a girl school and realizing and you're the child realizing that you're actually in the wrong body and you're really identifying as a boy now how do you square that circle? And this happens quite a bit in primary schools and it's extremely difficult. And often the child ends up leaving their school or remaining there and trying to muddle through with various accommodations, you know, not having to wear a skirt as part of the uniform. Oh, like, Jesus, even if, even if this is the only example, it's enough of an argument to scrap single sex schools. I mean, how awful must it be for a child I mean, I haven't even got to the subject of children who may identify in, 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 in all the various um, variants of gender um, and who may change um, their, I'm not saying they're changing their mind, uh, that sounds very flippant, but who, who kind of are, uh, vary between um, the different identities, sometimes identifying as boys, sometimes as a girl and so on, um, or, or not identifying as either. Um, and it's, it's highly um, problematic. 
And another obvious issue are enrollment policies. I mean, for example, if you want to enroll your child in a uh, in school, um, you 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 actually might be surprised to learn that that's good by law. Schools can discriminate against you, not not one, but two out of the nine grounds for discrimination. You're not allowed to discriminate, by the way, in enrollment policies, except on two grounds. But if you listen to this podcast regularly, I know you'll know, just for even this podcast, you'll know one is religion. You can still discriminate on enrollment in several schools in the country based on religion. So if you're the, if you're not the religion of the school, you're, you you don't you may not you cannot get a place in the school based on the fact that you're not the you're not the right uh, in inverted commas religion. And um, but the, if you uh, but obviously listening to this podcast you realize that the second one is you're actually not in any other capacity allowed to discriminate against anyone based on gender except in schools if you're a girl's school you can discriminate against a boy who may wish to enroll or vice versa now i don't think it's um, ever okay in uh, when it's not necessary to allow discrimination on any of the nine grounds I think it's entirely problematic uh, from a human rights pr- uh, point of view. And I, I really think, you know, again, this is another reason why single sex schools really have to go. Um, a smaller issue, and, uh, may, and maybe there's no grounding to this, I suppose, but um, I suppose it has to be said that because a lot of urban schools um, tend still to only have um, single sex options, um, it gives some families the excuse for what's known as, uh, I suppose, as white flight, where um, families move their schools, uh, move their children out to rural areas, um, claiming that they want to send their children to co-ed schools. Um, And that's, and, and, and in some ways, I don't think they're entirely honest when they're saying that a lot of the time. I know we've talked about this before in a previous episode, but I've heard that a lot from uh, parents who say, oh, my child doesn't go to the, his local school because I wanted a co-ed option. So I drive six kilometers out of town to this particular school, which happens to be really, really big. Every other parent seems to think so. Um, I don't buy it, but um, but look, it's it's something to consider. And another reason why single sex schools should um, not exist, because that stops that from happening, I would suggest. Um other important factors, I suppose, I, I guess particularly at second level as well, I'm not listening really about second level, but, you know, maybe subtly in primary level, is um, stereotyping um, and the stereotyping of subjects. It's, it's obviously very outward in second level where you'd find less stereotypically male subjects in girls' schools, you know, woodwork, metalwork, all that kind of stuff, um, and vice versa. So you actually have less subject choice in, depending on if you go to a single-sex school based on historical uh, kind of uh, subject choices um, but a, you know um, but a primary uh, level it's 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 also there maybe a little more subtly you know I, I, I it's it's hard to put your finger on on what that might be I mean you, it could be kind of like you, you'd, you'd struggle to find knitting classes let's say in an all boys school or an emphasis on impact sports let's say in an all girls school things like that and and they're they're subtle i mean it's not that they don't happen at all i mean there's plenty of boys schools where they where they teach knitting and there's plenty of girls schools where they're very very uh big into their sports but in some cases that 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 may not be uh, the thing the thing is really what that does is um 
what that does is it simply compounds gender stereotyping again and that's that's something that might be subtle at primary level definitely outward at second level and needs to be a, and as a good reason again uh, to stop this so anyway that's my argument to scrap single sex schools uh, so if I were the Minister for Education how would I actually do it so pragmatically we'd have to do this over time obviously but not too much time and my thinking would depend on the setup of the single sex schools and we'll take the three types that I know of okay so we look at two single sex schools beside each other this is often a case that two schools are built beside each other a boys school and a girls school and there's very and there's a few options for this the two schools could become one school and one building could be the junior school and the other building could be the senior school and it would mean really no real interruption to anything in terms of the children in fact that could happen tomorrow there's not much uh, that would happen people just have to move and while I don't think there's a need for two separate schools I wouldn't fall out over it I, I think it could be one school really but do you know what let's let, uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll take it that they can stay as two schools another option would be to divest one of the two schools to a, to a different model to hopefully an equality based one and this would be useful in terms of the divestment plan even though I'm totally against the divestment plan this pluralism patronage model but anyway it, uh, and anyway but it would have a wider impact the likelihood is not 50% of families would go for one or the other school. However, this is something that can be ironed out easily enough um, as well, I think. So you've got, um, so let's say you've, everyone, you have a choice of going to the Catholic school or the divested school, which is probably going to be equality based. So let's say it would be an educate together school for argument's sake. What you could do is ask the parents two questions. First question is, would you prefer to go to the Catholic school or the multi-denominational school? Simple as that. And the second question is, if you choose the Catholic school, but had to go to the multi-denominational school by a lottery system or whatever it would be, would you, happy to go, would you be still happy to go there if you were guaranteed to be able to make your sacraments um, as, uh, wh while you were in that school? I, I'm asking that question because often um, that may be the only reason why uh, somebody would go to a, um, would, would, would goes to a, Catholic, uh, goes to a Catholic school. I, and I, I, I think it's more, um, I think I, while that might sound um, unfair I don't think it is but look maybe maybe this is where my argument falls a little bit but I, I, I'm going to go with it anyway um, I'm pretty sure anyway that it would even things out if people were actually honest to be honest if people were honest I think those two questions would do it but yes this idea brings up all sorts of issues that are happening anyway with the divestment model as I've said I'm totally against the divestment model so really it's only a kind of theoretical kind of thing we move on for a boys school and a girls school that are actually in separate locations in a town I think there's only really one option and that's to simply become two separate mixed schools and again there might be the possibility of investing one of them but for similar reasons to the schools above that are beside each other there'd be the same issues so I think uh, there couldn't be a case of a junior and a senior school if they're in two totally different locations so I think there'd have to be two separate schools pretty much what happened to me in my first school the final type uh, seems to be uh, where you have the three schools, the junior boys, the senior boys and the all girls schools. Um, they're generally all in and around the same place um, I, because they generally have split up there. It's like a, there was a, a crack within the three because they got too big. So they created three schools from one. Um, there are a few possibilities depending on the site they're built on uh, and the makeup of who goes where, etc. However, I think something slightly similar to the other options would work here too. Even though it kills me to say it, I think it's uh, it is probably an option to physically join the two the two of the schools together if that's possible and the likelihood is it would be and the third school would be separate thus creating two schools one which would be very very big and one which would be quite small and I do think and I hate saying it, it is realistic to think that the smaller one could be divested and again I say this with all the various caveats that I've mentioned already above 
one of the uh, one other advantage of scrapping single sex schools is it would put an end to the ridiculous situation where all girls schools receive less special education support than everybody else. All girls schools receive less support for set hours than other models when the government are bu- uh, putting uh, to, uh, their, their allocations uh, forward. This is all the more astonishing in that this isn't some relic from the past. This happened only two or three years ago. It's, it's shocking uh, that uh, girls are treated so differently in terms of special education needs. Anyway, every country has its cultural norms and Ireland is no different. Our education system is overwhelmingly so controlled by the church that we take a lot of its strange scenarios as completely normal, including single sex schools. Ireland is a complete outlier among democratic countries. And there is also an issue um, there. This is also an issue that wouldn't take a lot. Uh, uh, it wouldn't take a lot to solve, to be honest with you. Even a quick brushstroke, basically changing all single sex schools into mixed schools with no other change could probably be done tomorrow. And I don't think too many people would complain about it either. In fact, I don't think the church would even be against it anymore. Despite their power, the days of separating boys from girls in schools is not high on their agenda. I think it's fair to say they have far bigger things on their agenda these days. Next week, I'm going to look at teacher's salary scale and wonder why is it so long? There's so many points on it. Is there a better way to pay teachers? And that's all before we even take pay inequality into account. As always, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, whatever platform you're using. Please leave any comments. uh, Please leave your reviews and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye bye.